What do you know about the food you eat? What should you know about the food you eat? What are some of the basics we need to understand? My guess is that as a listener to this podcast, you are relatively food engaged. But is that true of the broader population? Do we have the skills to make good choices? Do we have the skills to make good food? The answer is probably not as much as we should. My name is Mike Von Masso, and this is the Food Focus Podcast. My guest this week is Alicia Martin, who's a PhD candidate in the Department of Geography at uh, the University of Guelph, and she spends a lot of time thinking about food literacy. What do, we, what do we know? What do we not know? What should we know? And how do we accomplish that? I think you'll find the conversation really intriguing and engaging. Good morning, Alicia. Thanks for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to our discussion because this is something that's sort of uh, near and dear to my heart. You study food literacy, and I think a good place to start is, what the heck is food literacy? <laughs> it's a great question, and uh, it's not something that's fully agreed on by uh, lots of different scholars, but um, food literacy, I guess in its broadest sense, is our knowledge and skills uh, in relation to food. Um, and in some cases, that's if you're coming from a health outcomes lens, it's more uh, directed towards health. If you're coming from an agriculture lens, it might be a little bit more of an agriculture literacy lens or what we know about agriculture and agricultural production. Um, but it's, it's incredibly broad and it's still being uh, defined in a lot of cases. So, so is it important that we have a consistent definition of food literacy? <clears throat> That's a great question. <laughs> I think in a policy context, it's a it's a really important thing to have some consistency. Um, but I think it's also okay to have a very broad definition um, and then to adapt it in different contexts. Um, so if there's a desire to teach food literacy uh, for health outcomes, it definitely makes sense for that to be a little more health focused. But I think uh, having a broad definition that is that incorporates lots of different angles of food literacy and dimensions is probably the best approach. Okay, so yeah, that's that that makes sense to me. So if I'm talking to people in the industry, as you said, agriculture is about helping people understand how we produce food and and why we produce it the way we do. And and uh, th there's always a little bit of, uh, I would say, uh, even tension between uh, people saying, well, we're not happy with that and agriculture saying, well, that's the way we do it. So there's, there's, there's understanding and there's also advocacy. Uh, you talked about the health lens, which I think is important, which is knowing how to choose foods uh, that are healthy. Mm -hmm. Does that also include how to prepare food? Is that, is that an important element of that as well? Absolutely. Um, so when I started, I said knowledge and skills. So food literacy, yeah. uh, when you get really into it and conceptually, uh, can get a little bit complicated. So there's procedural knowledge, which is the skills. There's declarative knowledge, which is sort of that knowledge about and knowing of something. And there's also a critical lens too. So our, our ability to think critically about things and how that then comes back to influence our, our declarative knowledge or our knowledge of and how we're actually doing things and our procedural knowledge. Um, but yes, there's definitely skills in there. Um, 
And it's really important to not forget about those skills because often we try to teach people about things and we don't really teach them how to do things, which uh, food literacy is really an essential life skill. It's not just about knowing about food. It's about how do we actually feed ourselves? How do we... Um, how do we produce foods too? Um, there's really important uh, uh, implications for food literacy in terms of uh, traditional knowledge and passing along um, food skills for, especially for Indigenous peoples, but also on the farm. Um, so yeah, it goes a long way in terms of skills as well. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting uh, because there's you know you talked about traditional, and I understand that in in the context of of Indigenous peoples. Uh, but I think it's also important uh, sort of culturally, you know, I think of, uh, of, of some of the things uh, my mother passed away at the start of the pandemic. Uh, and uh, one of the things I've done is, is worked hard at learning a lot of the recipes she made at, at family things, right. That, that are, are sort of culturally comfort foods, if you will. So it's not just, being able to chop or or know what temperature things need to be cooked to and and those sorts of things it's also uh, the skills to make things that are culturally significant to you 100% yes and culture is a really important aspect of uh of food literacy i mean it it also has a huge impact i think on the development of people's food literacy i mean if food's a really important cultural aspect to you as an individual, you're going to really pass that on uh, to your kids. Uh, so it's it's a huge aspect in terms of food literacy, um, and yeah, passing on on food skills and and being able to teach the next generation about those recipes and how maybe I think about my grandmother and the way she makes her her uh, chocolate chip cookies is not necessarily a really cultural thing in particular, but she substitutes a little bit of the butter for coconut oil and it just completely changes how crunchy the cookie is and it's not written into the recipe. So things like that where you can spend some time uh, actually uh, going through and uh, and learning hands-on with someone else and learning those skills and some of the secrets is, uh, is really special. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think I think it is. It's it's really sort of uh, you know not only family traditions but remembrance and and those sorts of things become becomes an important part even of ritual. Can you talk a little bit more about this whole concept of critical thinking as an element of of food literacy? Why is that important? Um, critical thinking is is really important uh, now in terms of food literacy because we're kind of living in a in an era of information overload. So being able to think critically about the information that we're receiving um, and kind of process that and make decisions based on that is really important. Um, we also need critical thinking, uh, not only for personal decisions and maybe kind of cutting through some advertisements and things like that for personal health choices, but also in terms of food systems and how we can critically get into making some uh, complicated decisions about how things are interacting in the food system, how we want to deal with some possible trade-offs if we're making a decision that's maybe more or less beneficial for certain actors. And 
really just working together in an interdisciplinary way and being able to think critically outside of your own sort of box or silo to work with others, to work on complex issues. Uh, that's a really important aspect of critical thinking as well uh, for food literacy. There's a difference between sort of as an educator or a researcher, but also as a as an eater, if you will, uh, being able to evaluate information, being able to process information, being able to say, uh, this is crap, mm-hmm. or this isn't, or, yeah. or being able to being able to, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, you can tell me, you can tell me if I'm wrong, being able to sort of balance some of the conflicting messages we get, you know, we shouldn't eat red meat, or red meat is okay, or it's okay in moderate quantities, or, or, or mm-hmm. all of these sorts of decisions. That's is that is that part of it as well, so that we can make our own decisions in a in an era where we're bombarded with information? Yeah, exactly. It's, it is really just a complicated time to be a consumer and to be able to figure out how to make quote unquote, the right decision, um, and knowing what that might be. So it's, uh, it's, it's really important to be able to think critically, not only about what the different sources of information are, but also what, what you want to do in terms of your values for, for example, I'm mostly pescatarian. Um, So I eat vegetarian the majority of the time, I occasionally eat fish and seafood. Um, and then I make critical decisions, or I think critically about the decisions that I'm making about where I'm sourcing my fish, um, and occasionally when I'm going to make those decisions. Um, and then other times I go, you know what, I haven't had enough protein today, and I'm out at a restaurant, and I'm going to order some fish, because that's just the easy option right now. So I think there's there's a time and a place sometimes for it, and, and it's never perfect. Um, and uh, just being able to occasionally critically about what you're what you're purchasing and and how that aligns with some of your values and um, whether that's environmentally or nutritionally there's lots of different lots of different angles Um, so food literacy, like again, coming back to that information overload, it, it's really important to have a bit of a base knowledge, some of that declarative knowledge, knowing about food and food systems to be able to make some of those decisions. But then coming back to that point about uh, having informed policy and decision makers. Um, so the more we kind of instill some of this knowledge uh, the more we can make better and more sustainable decisions going forward for uh, through our own diets and personal choices, as well as through policy. Um, and then that also comes back to nutrition. Like we've had this nutrition transition ongoing for decades um, and uh, people, and that partially has to do with more and more processed foods coming in and, um, convenience foods, but there's also uh, a culinary skills transition uh, that some scholars have been talking about, which has come along at the same sort of time, because as there's more pre-prepared foods, people are less uh, reliant on their own skills, basically. So there's been a bit of a loss of nutritional knowledge and skills because more foods are, are more convenience foods are readily available. Um, So 
in terms of why food literacy is important, uh, because there needs to be a balance between eating some of those pre-prepared foods as well and knowing how to make our own meals and and uh, make some healthy meals at home as well um, and having the skills to do that. Yeah, exactly. And like coming back to your question about why it's important, it's just we need to sort of have some sort of base to be able to make those decisions. Um, and right now, it's really lacking in our education system. There's not really uh, enough food related education across the curriculum from and this is more so speaking in terms of K to 12, right, not necessarily at the university level, but um, uh, it's, it's more and more important to, to start talking about it more, uh, because food has such an incredible environmental impact. Um, and it's something that we do multiple times a day in terms of our own eating. Um, so there's lots of angles for us to be able to have an impact on climate change, for example. Um, and, you know, nobody really wants to give up their hamburgers and, and I don't blame them, but maybe reducing that to a certain extent might be a way if you are passionate about the environment to, to cut back on your CO2 emissions to a certain extent. Um, but if you don't know about that, you're not going to make those decisions. So in terms of food literacy's importance, um, from lots of angles, from health to environment to food system sustainability, there's lots of ways that individuals can have an impact in their own lives and in and policy and and broader uh, impact of other people's lives as well. Right. And I think that that's where people's individual values come in. And if we can sort of take that broader approach to food literacy and um, and I'm going to speak in the context of young people, but an, or anyone in particular, if we we give them a broader idea of of food and food systems and not necessarily just teaching about Canada's food guide, then they'll figure out amongst all of that material what is important to them and what they value and then what they want to act on within that broader system or within food in the broader context. And as you were saying, you know, Health Canada is going to promote the food guide and healthy eating and, um, and other agricultural organizations are going to promote, you know, um, value in purchasing Canadian foods and, um, and, 
promoting local and things like that and, and, you know, supporting local farmers. So uh, different organizations have, um, have different values and will push different angles of food literacy. And that's okay uh, because at the end of the day, what it's coming down to is food and what we're eating. Um, And uh, uh, it's good for us to have a broad conceptualization of that. So this is uh, kind of a funny question for me because it's kind of the big question in my PhD, actually, in my research and something I'm hoping to explore a bit more uh, coming this fall. But um, for me, going into that research and thinking about this question more broadly, I do think there is a certain amount that needs to be included for health and nutrition and skills and confidence. Right now, what's lacking and I guess to just take a step back to food literacy can't necessarily be covered in one course. In my master's research, I was working with a couple of foods course teachers and what they were saying was just that there wasn't enough time to cover everything. Um, So some were coming at it from a health angle because that was the curriculum it was in and some were coming at it from more of a culinary skills angle. Um, So because it was in a technical education curriculum. So They had to sort of, you know, toe that line, uh, but they couldn't dig into everything. It just wasn't possible time-wise. So I think taking a step back, really, we need to look at how food literacy can be integrated across the curricula. It's not just in one course um, and not just one mandatory course per se either, because right now those courses are not mandatory. Um, And right now there is a little bit of focus on, on Canada's food guide and healthy eating but there's not so much in terms of food systems. Um, So, and this is where my research kind of comes in is what should we actually be teaching about in regard to food systems? And this is a really hard question because there's lots of different stakeholders and there's people um, within a a bigger ag that would promote a certain angle and people that are more agroecologically focused that would have a very different approach. Um, And I think the approach that education traditionally takes, and I think one that's a good approach in this case, is to really just take a middle ground and present it as what it is. You know, this is the food system from start to finish. These are the different modes of production or types of agriculture um, and uh, talking broadly about culture um, and just sort of taking that broad approach, I think, is probably a best practice in terms of talking about food literacy because it can get very controversial. (laughs) No, yeah.
Ja. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and maybe not just hearing from mom and dad too, right? I'm sure uh, there's, and I think one of the things that I didn't mention about food literacy too is that it's, it is lifelong. It's not just kind of one moment in time when we learn about, learn about food or learn food skills. We're constantly learning. We're constantly getting better at our, our skills. We're constantly learning more. Um, I mean, it, food is just sort of like this endless place to learn about anything and everything, especially if you start going down a food systems rabbit hole. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, and that was something that sort of came out of some of my research and my master's too, was that, you know, education is an important place for food literacy, but it's not the only place The the home, other environments really can have an impact on it as well. Um, so yeah, and different life stages have influences as well. <laughs> mhm. Um, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I think education is probably one of the easiest places to target because it's institutionalized. Um, but I think that there's lots of opportunities within media and things where people are learning about food. There's also all sorts of community organizations that are, you know, going out of their way to, um, to teach people food skills um, and are not necessarily going out of their way, but lots of community organizations that are their their purpose is to teach food skills or to teach about food so that people can have these essential life skills. There's also opportunities to know, go to the farmer's market and get to know your local farmer and um, and see what's in season or, um, you know, some of these things have some financial limits for some people, but you know, getting involved in a CSA basket or community supported agriculture so that you can uh, support a farmer and have that money go directly into their pockets and support their, their crop for that year. Um, so there's lots of things that way. Um, and 
it, it, it's a hard question because it, it, it can have some endless possibilities and, and we can get more involved in uh, going to restaurants and then looking into some cooking classes and things like that too. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. I think, you know, food labels are really just a tool to apply food literacy. Um, and the more simple food labels can be, the less we have to have sort of complex or intricate knowledge to be able to decode what those labels are saying. I mean, it's, it, it's really hard sometimes to go into the grocery store and actually pick a product that is from Canada sometimes because you don't actually know maybe where it's from. Like it might say packaged in Canada, but then it's like, okay, well then where is it from? But um, you know, front of package labeling really is there to help uh, decode some of the nutritional information that's on the nutrition information facts table on the back of that package. So the information is still there. It's just maybe giving the consumer a bit more of a warning on the front in a bit of an easier uh, fashion so that their food literacy maybe doesn't need to be, you don't need to be a dietitian to interpret um what you should or should not eat at the grocery store. It just gets a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, food, food labels are definitely an important tool for, um, for helping with making some of those decisions and, and uh, you know, reducing a little bit of the burden for learning food literacy in some ways too. Yeah, just I guess I would say that, you know, everybody should be able to have a handful of meals that they know how to cook and, and have a basic understanding of the food system. And I think that there's lots of opportunities right now um, to make some policy changes to make that happen in school curricula, um, in Ontario especially, but across Canada, like the, the bill that was proposed in Ontario, Bill 216 or the Food Literacy Act for Students, um, that was uh, 
it was making a lot of waves and will continue to make waves. And I think the more that we can kind of keep pushing politicians and keep going on this momentum and advocate for this to be mandatory and included across curricula, uh, the better. And now is really a great time to do that. So I would definitely push listeners to reach out to their MPPs or MPs or even local city councillors about finding out ways that they can support food literacy, uh, education and development in schools and in community programs and beyond. Awesome. Thanks so much. It's clear there's a lot we can do to get people to better understand food, to make better choices for food, and to be more independent relative to food as in, in terms of preparation and acquisition. Thanks very much to Alicia Martin for that conversation. I also want to thank Zach, the producer, who makes us sound good, uh, and all of you for listening. Uh, our audience continues to grow, which is gratifying, and you help by telling others about it. If you... Uh, enjoy the podcast, please take the time to give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, reviews help others find us and help us to continue to grow our audience, engage a broader range of people. So thanks. Looking forward to the next episode. Talk soon.